What's going on, Trophy Kids? We got a good one here for you. We are breaking down all the NFL games. We stay hot with our best bet. 3-0 and in the last two weeks for the best bet on the podcast. So we got some good stuff for you this week. Make sure to check it out. And as always, let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is October 21st, and we are back for... What is looking like a very ugly board. How are we doing today, good Ooh. sir? Yeah, there are some stinkers this weekend. Uh, that should be fun. <laughs> a lot of uh, high-scoring teams on, on buys this week. I um, mm. It's sort of the story throughout the league, for sure. Um, the lack of scoring, we'll say, which I feel like every year people complain about, but there has been a, a very noticeable difference in scoring. I saw this earlier in the week. Um that through six weeks mm-hmm. now we're going off fantasy which you know is what it is but it is the sc- lowest scoring first six weeks to a season in 13 years down 22 percent from last year so it's not completely in our imagination that scoring has mm-hmm. been suffering this season it's been rough if you're an offensive guy and don't like good defensive football yeah i, I agree i saw something the other day I don't know the exact numbers or anything, just but it was just some sort of figure on how many overs if it compared. I mean, sorry, unders if it compared to the overs, heavily towards the unders. Yes, which has been very profitable because I've just been blindly betting unders for any primetime game. Essentially, this I think I have tonight's under at forty four. I don't. God only knows what that game's going to look like. <laughs> We're recording yeah. this before the Thursday game, but my God, I mean. We say it every week, but the pile of goods that the NFL sold Jeff Bezos is just a stinker. It it really is. I I can't, like we keep thinking like it'll get a little better, it'll get a little better. Like I was correct last week. There were touchdowns. I don't know if that game was better. I think it was worse. <laughs> that was oh god. I will say this: the NFL did give them Amazon a treat, which is next year, which is a brilliant marketing move. We are getting ourselves. A Black Friday game, which for Jeff Bezos is just straight cash in the bank account. Like, oh, Americans are now just going to stay home, watch football, and buy stuff on Amazon. A nonstop Amazon promotional day. Unbelievable. Yeah, he, he kills it, and the NFL kills it. The NFL just – the NFL really – it changes the – it changes the entire country. Oh, I mean, it's unreal. I, I, every time – it's so funny. People are like, oh, the NFL's dying. And then every year after the season ends, you just look at the top-rated yeah. games, and they're always better than, like, World Series numbers. NBA Finals, I think, is the only thing that ever really comes close, and it still doesn't be, even come yeah. close to the top-tier games. It is just a funny round-and-round. Round. Uh, but we are far enough into the season that I have a team, before we get into the games, I think there are three clear-cut best teams see if we disagree on this part i don't think we will i think you go bills chiefs eagles three clear-cut top of the stack best teams in the league agree with that yeah i completely agree with that i've never seen such a clear i think i may have said it last week i don't remember such a clear winner of a conference than the eagles right now um unless unless there's somehow some way the vikings are able to pull off the one seed and have a home game and host the eagles maybe i'll give them a chance but i give the Vikings no chance to go into Philly and beat them in the playoffs. And right now I think the Vikings are probably their biggest, their biggest competition and they already smoked them. So yeah, um, I agree with those top three teams for sure. And the Vikings team, which by the way, breaking news today looks like they're getting Odell Beckham pending a physical. So just add another weapon to what is already a cooking offense at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. I know they, they have a lot of weapons. There is one team out there. I'm not going to say they're definitely going to go 
win it all or go to the Super Bowl. I think there's one dark horse team that most people I think have power rated, but I am especially high on that I think is dangerous. And I think they are dangerous if they could get healthy because they are a banged up team like they are every year. I went back. One of the data services that keep track of the injury reports only goes back to 2019 before you have to start paying money for it. I didn't want to start paying money for it. <laughs> but in 2019, they were the number one injured team as far as players on the injury reserve. Uh, 2020, they were seventh. Last year, they were fifth. This year, they're once again in the top five. I feel like every year for the last couple of years, they've been up there. But this is a team, 49ers, that I think holds oh, the yeah. keys to potentially being a dark horse. And the reason I believe this, and it's, I think, the reason we are seeing scoring come down, and I think they are built to take advantage of it, the Eagles are the only team in the NFC that I think is in this way. But we have seen a dramatic, like, we know in the last couple of years, the pendulum has completely swung to the offensive side of the ball. Defense has been playing catch-up, and what have they done to adapt? Well, they put a premier on pass rushers, which is great. I mean, pass rushing in this league is like a premier position, having edge rushers. And they've opted out of the big, bulky linebackers. I mean, every draft we talk about sideline-to-sideline speed when we're evaluating linebackers. Teams have adopted two high safety looks at a higher rate in that shell game. They've even elected, and we've seen it with various teams, Bengals included now up there, they're the, the one that comes top to mind right now, that's even opted for three safety looks to kind of build speed in the passing game, to prevent these big passing games, and they've gotten less bulky in the lines. Now, the Eagles are the one exception because their defensive line is very bulky and they can play both the run and pass very strongly, but that's where the 49ers come into play. The 49ers, we know, are a powerhouse run team. It's another reason I think Miami's finding a lot of success because they are so effective on the run. They can play that off the pass. Jimmy Garoppolo, we know, we said the crazy fact last week. First 50 games, 35 and 15 with a 99 per, uh, pass rating, which is just mind-blowing as always. <laughs> but if they can get healthy, Trent Williams come back and get healthy because he is a load at left tackle. The defense gets healthy. I think the 49ers are the dark horse team because the way they are built and able to, and how elite their defense is on the other side of the ball to really put up with the potentially Vikings in the NFC. And I do think that those two teams have the best shot at winning a Super Bowl, which I know is crazy, but that is my current theory right now and my dark horse team, if they can get healthy. I, I don't hate that as a dark horse team and it pains me to say this. I don't, I mean, but I, I will be interested to see when Philly plays against Dallas with Dak. Yes. Should be interesting. Yeah. That was, I mean, Philly fans, let's maybe calm down a little here. You, you, you barely got out alive fighting a backup quarterback who had three picks. Like now granted yeah. Philly's offensive line was healthy. So they also need to, or banged up. They need banged to be healthy, up, right. but my God, that was not a, not a great showing for Philly there. Yeah. It almost went bad real, real, real quick at the end there. Speaking of the Cowboys, I guess, well, before that, any other final just roundabout thoughts in the NFL before we dive into big games? Nah, no, I'm ready to get in there. All right. Cowboys, Lions. Lions at seven and a half, over under 48 and a half. The return of Dak is what's building this line up to seven. Do the Lions, coming off a bye, have a shot at competing against this number in this game? Uh, I really don't think so, unfortunately. I used to kind of be in on this Lions team, but I've kind of lost my uh, appeal for them, especially after that showing in New England. I know the NFL, it's so hard to be able to tell what's going to happen week to week. But I like the Cowboys here at home, getting Dak back, 1 p.m. game. I think they kind of go out there and just really kind of just step on their throats. So I would lean Dallas here, covering that seven. I'm with you. The Lions defense is just a yeah. Swiss cheese board. It doesn't I mean, exist. It doesn't <laughs> exist at all. Um, should have done less talking, as we said, in preseason, more coaching over there on the defensive side. 
Um, but yeah, it's bad. The one thing that I think the game within the game for people to watch out for to really test how good this Cowboys team is going to be is that defensive line, which we've talked about and given their roses as one of the premier pass rushing teams, but they're going against an elite offensive line in Detroit. Mm-hmm. If they can still manufacture manufacture high pressure rates like they've been doing against this line, I don't know if many lines in the NFL have a chance at stopping this Dallas team, which could be huge going later into the season. Now, I still think Mike McCarthy's noodle brain later in the season will once again fail this team, but it's the game within the game that I'm very excited to see. Cowboys defensive line going against an elite offensive line and kind of what they can manufacture there, but I'm with you. I just, I don't think there's a way the Lions maybe hang in this number. Maybe they they pepper them early with some scores, but tough, tough game. Yeah. All right. Colts-Titans. This is one I have a little bit about. The line's at two and a half. We've seen some movement on this. Some places you may still be able to get a three. Over-under is at 42. These teams have already met in the seasons. Titans got the better of them the first time around. Derrick Henry really got going in that game for the first time. At that point in the season, he had really started to see his wheels turn. The Colts have been pretty bad. Um, There are signs of a little bit of life, a little bit of a pulse with last week's game. How do you think this matchup goes? Do you think the revenge factor here is enough and with the Colts getting a little healthier to really make this a game, or do you think the Titans can kind of put this one away? I kind of lean more towards the Titans putting it away. The Colts are just a weird team. I agree they're pretty bad, but they're like 3-2-1. and one. It's so bizarre. I don't know how this team always seems to do it. <laughs> um, um, but I still I kind of like the Titans here. If this thing were to jump to like, if we saw it go to like a 3.5, I may go Colts. But right now, you give me two and a half under three there. I, I got to go with the Titans. I think Derrick Henry kind of, kind of continues to roll against this team. You absolutely read my mind. I said, if this number's yeah. at three or three and a half, I am buying the Colts every day, twice on Sunday. I might yeah. even consider buying a point here, which I hate to do. I'll have to see what the note, like what the payouts look like on Sunday. It's might not be the worst idea. We'll see where the number mm-hmm. goes too. Cause pe- the public could come in and, and bet the Titans, but I do think the Colts are starting to show a little bit of life with, isn't the craziest thing because we've seen Frank Wright. He's had to deal with new quarterbacks virtually every year. It's usually later in the season that offense starts to look viable again. We're starting to see some signs. Alec Pierce, a guy that I had talked about in the preseason mm-hmm. as somebody who was going to be an important piece. We're starting to see Matt Ryan get it a little bit more. He's still a stone statue like you call him back there because it is bad. The Colts offensive line hasn't been great, but we're starting to see some signs of life. The Titans, it's interesting because I just... Like I said, I really like this number at three, three and a half. At two and a half, I just, I think the Colts are going to get the Titans defense here. I, I do think that. I just, because I just think the Titans defense is, is yeah. not very good. No. But the Titans good. offense against this Colts defense, we know because we have a we have history going back a couple years now, gets the better of this defense constantly. So, yeah, under, t- under three, I'm laying off this game. At three, I like the Colts as well. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about one of the hottest topics in the league, the New York Giants. More more all just the New York football fans in general. Jets and Giants yeah. starting off the season fantastic. The, the Jaguars, who they're playing here, also did, but they are starting to cool down. The line's at three. Giants are underdogs here. Over-unders, 42.5. What do you make of this New York Giants team and what this season has been so far? I mean, yeah, I was a little surprised by the line here. I understand, like, they like to give, you know, Jacksonville some credit for their home stadium, which, I mean, I understand going down there is probably a pain, but, like, they don't have any fans, do they? I don't even know. Uh, 
I don't think that, I mean, I think their stadium looks a lot like my team's stadium. Um, I, think when you, I think when you build a pool within your stadium, that's sort of saying we need to include attractions to get people in. We're more of a water park than we are a football stadium. <laughs> I know. They're trying to get people in no matter how, like, at all costs. Um, I do hear, you know, you always hear that New Yorkers, a lot of them move down to Florida, so maybe there'll be a decent giant turnout at that stadium. Um, yeah, I, I don't really understand the line. I, I, I just have to admit at this point, you don't really stumble into five and one in the NFL. So giants are good. Um, so yeah, I, I'd have to take them to cover here. I, I, I'm always tempted by a money line situation here, but I'll just go giants plus three. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I, the problem, I think people are getting a little over their skis with the Giants because when you look at the teams they've played, they haven't really. I mean, the Ravens are a good team, but we've seen them sort of come back the last yeah. couple weeks. The Packers suck, and we'll talk about they that in a suck. minute. So they've yeah. really only beaten the they beaten the Pack, Ravens, Bears, Panthers, another terrible team, and the Titans, which is a mediocre team. But when you're evaluating yeah. this game, it's not like the Jags are an elite team. They're also a bottom-tier team. So you make the evaluation the same you would against all those other teams. They're playing at about the same level. I also don't understand the line. I don't understand yeah. the three-line here. It makes no sense. Brian Dable, we said this no. in the preseason. If somebody was going to—Brian Dable will get the most out of Daniel Jones— we're going to get a true evaluation of whether Daniel Jones can be an NFL quarterback and whether he can win at this level. Right now, there's still a lot to improve, but he doesn't look like he's kneecapping this team like he's done in previous seasons where he's been the weak point, which has been very impressive. Uh, Thibodeau said it best. Like The culture has completely changed. Those dudes are fighting. In that Packers game, there was no quit. The special teams was a... I don't know if you watched that game, but my God, I watched it in the consolidated version. Just blunders left and right on special teams. Um, but they, they never gave up, and they've got a lot of fight. I'm with you. I'm taking Jags, and I may even consider... Or not Jags, Giants. I may even consider money line spot here. It's, yeah. it's looking impressive. Right. One thing I'll say is just me being stupid is the, the Thibodeau comment. I'm kind of like, well, you weren't here last year. How do you know it's a culture change? <laughs> like, it's a very I mean, good I'm, point. <laughs> it's a clear culture change. But I'm just like, well, how would you know? <laughs> that's very fair. He was also in tears. And I was like, all right, that's a little yeah. weird, dude. Like you were in college yeah. last year. What are we doing? I'm here? like, yeah, you haven't been like, like struggling on the giants for the last decade. <laughs> yeah. Like what? Yeah. I don't understand that. Uh, that's a very good point. <laughs> um all right yeah so that's that one good very good point god um <laughs> browns ravens lines at six and a half 45 is the over under here i don't know what to make of this ravens team like without lamar they're terrible but i yeah. i know what to make of this browns team at this point how do you even begin to evaluate this baltimore team i i, I don't know because they're impossible to know what they're gonna expect they can it's like they play up to their competition. They play down to their competition. It's just, it's never, it doesn't seem easy ever. Yeah, <laughs> this is very true. Like, it's always like Harbaugh, like, you know, freaking out at the end. What do we do? What do we do? Lamar's like, what do we do? It's, and yeah, it's just, it's very stressful. So yeah, I don't know what to make of this team. I think they're good and they can beat anybody, but they can definitely lose to anybody. Yeah, I. this one's a tough one because, I watched that game and it was just sloppy last week. I mean, Lamar wasn't obviously made the mistake at the end of the game that that mm -hmm. lost him that game. Excuse me. Oh my goodness, I'm burping up a cloud here. Um, 
But there was just a lot. He didn't look great. A lot of sloppy play across the board. The one benefit they have here is the Browns have really shown their true colors of this is a waste of a season because they can't stop a nosebleed on offense. If you bring any any form of fight to them, they crumble. Um, and offensively, outside of Nick Chubb, David Anuku's playing well, but you know Jacoby Brissett is limited in what he can do as a quarterback um, in this offense. I think Deshaun is also going to be very limited. I, I think people need to reel in their expectations because Deshaun hasn't played in a very long time. This game is very fast. It evolves year to year. He's been out so long. I have. I, I think this at this point the season's just a throwaway. You've wasted another year of a good line of a great running back. But the more concerning thing is they can't stop the run. I don't love the six number. I'm probably going to stay away from this because I yeah. feel like like the Ravens are just so inconsistent and so volatile. To your point, they just they play down. And they play. It's just a roller coaster every week. There's no consistency week to week. But the fact that they can kind of power run on the Browns here, I think, as a Ravens fan, if you can't win this game, throw in the towel because you guys are dead in the water. Yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Falcons, Bengals, Falcons, a surprise of the season at this point is what I am willing to call them. This team has been a fun one to watch. They go into Cincinnati, six and a half point underdog here, over under 45 and a half. We've started to see some life from this Cincinnati Bengals offense. Can they continue their track here? Not only win this game, but cover the number of six against the Falcons team. That's had a lot of fight to them this season. Yeah, um, I'm with you there. Are you getting... Are you getting six or six and a half over there? Uh, so I know. I'm seeing six and a half, but you may be getting right. six. I'm not, no, I'm getting six and a half as okay. well. So I just want to check there. Um, yeah, you're right. The Falcons, man, they are they're a fun team. They can, I mean, they can compete with the good teams. We saw them play against your Bucks pretty well, beat the Niners. Um, yeah, I think Cincy is, like I said last week, I think their back is like a, a solid team. They're a good team. I definitely think they're going to win this game. But you give me six and a half on this Falcons team, that's, that's you know, they're humming. I'm I'm gonna take that on the on the on the money line for sure. Absolutely, and this has been the surprising thing with Marcus Mariota. They are number two in the league right now with intended air yards per pass attempt. They are ten intended air yards is sitting exactly at ten. They are pushing the ball. They're not trying That's crazy. Absolutely insane. Could you imagine in the year 2022 before the season starts? I say Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons are going to be number two in intended air yards per pass attempt. I, I would have bet about all my money against that. That's <laughs> absolutely insane. But they look to push the ball down the field. Marcus Marriott has done a very good job within the scheme. Here's a fact in a number where why people may want to look at a second half bet here, especially on the Cincy side, because what I'm, Warren Sharp pointed this out, and it is an absolutely insane stat, and it's about Cincinnati and the defensive changes they made. In their last 14 games... In the third quarter, they have held their opponents to a total of 22 points. 22 points in 14 games. It goes 0, 0, 0, 3, 7, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 3, 3, 3, 3. In the third quarter of games. Their second half adjustments are elite at this point. So a second half number here, looking at the second half lines, may be worth it if you are a better and you want to take a look at betting this game. And I could say the same thing about that offense. That offense usually comes out in the second half, plays a lot better. The Cincinnati Bengals are a second-half team. So I don't know about the full six number. I do think they they uh, win this game, but I think it is worth looking at the second half for betting opportunities for this one. I like it, yeah. All righty. Your Washington Commanders. 
got themselves a win on Thursday <laughs> night in prime time. But they will be with a new quarterback in Tyler Heineke, which we had the infamous bet of when they played my Bucks and he made his start in the playoffs, and I was petrified by what he might do. The line is four and a half. Commanders are the underdogs here against the Packers. Over-under is 41 and a half. Can Tyler Heineke give your team a spark and beat a very bad Packers team? Um, I, I think it's possible. I, I think I like about Taylor compared to Carson is that, in my opinion, Carson, higher ceiling. Taylor, higher floor. Carson's floor, I mean, is, is, is 50 feet down into the 50-yard line. I mean, it is, it, is, it is just the lowest of floors I've ever, I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, like, yeah, it, it, it really is it's, bad. It's so bad. And so I think that – I think we can cover – I don't know if we're going to win, but the Packers are so terrible, too. Um, just – they – but they, they crush us in coaching. I'm concerned about their defense a little bit. Um, by the way, in the last like week and a half, two former Washington quarterbacks, Alex Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick, both come out and said that Scott Turner, our offensive coordinator, does not cater his offense whatsoever to, to the quarterback. Uh, that seems like a bad idea as a first-time offensive coordinator. That's just my thought. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's ridiculous. I, I, I couldn't believe that when I heard that. I was what? flabbergasted by that. But obviously Taylor has been in that offense since their Carolina days, so he knows it better than any of those quarterbacks. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of like us to be able to cover here. I don't know about winning, but I, I actually do think it's possible because I think the Packers suck. We suck too, but they, they suck. Yeah, both teams are not very good, but the Packers – I. What is it that you think is going so wrong? Well, actually, one point. Got to go back. That is a horrible thing to say about an offense coordinator. Like, let's not cater to the most important position on the field that has the most impact on wins and losses, which is the, which has been highly documented now for, like, a decade plus of, like, the quarterback position, especially in today's NFL, is the way you win and lose games. Yeah, it's just the most bizarre thing to me, and he's a younger coordinator. I mean, he's, like, early 40s. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I don't understand. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, he's got his dad, you know, North, but still, I, let's adjust. <laughs> yes, I agree. What is it that you think? Because it can't just be losing Devonte Adams, which is a whole huge piece. And once again, I think you're an advocate of this. I know I very much am. I do not ever understand the mindset of we have developed a premier pass catcher in this league. Let's not retain him. Didn't understand yeah. it with Titans. Didn't understand it with this. I never understand it because it's like. Elite pass rushers, yes, or pass rushers, pass catchers are easier to come by through the draft and things like that. But when you have an elite type guy, letting them out the door is always a mistake. But it can't just be that. Well, what do you make of this Packers just honestly yeah. stumbling out of the gate in terrible fashion? Uh, I mean, I think, I'm, like you said, Adams is a massive factor. You let a top five guy leave. Um, top five, you know, before he shoved the cameraman. Top five good person, it seemed too, is yeah. what I'm saying. Like, he was a good, like, and I still think he is, you know, whatever. But, yeah, um, I agree. It's a, it's a moment of weakness and frustration. Right. Not great. Right. Yeah. But, not a great look. But, but I think, yeah. like, like, top five hours even also seemed like a top five guy. Like, so yeah, it didn't seem like a, a good move. But I also, I don't know how much of a difference it is, but just Rogers, his athleticism is really gone. Like, he can move, but he really can't move. Like, he, like he used to be able to move. He was very mobile, very good at like extending plays. He doesn't seem to really have that anymore. Um, the new wide receivers, he can't really seem to to get you know completely gelled up with them. And I mean that kind of makes sense. It takes time, especially from a bunch of rookies. It doesn't really matter 
necessarily who your quarterback is. Like it, that's just, that's especially a quarterback who's used to just force feeding the ball to their, you know, Devontae Adams, to their best player. Um, and then they, they lost Randall Cobb. I know it's Randall Cobb is a hundred years old, but it, that does kind of matter as well. Um, so yeah, I, I just think a lot of things are going on wrong. And um, AJ, AJ Dillon's not playing well. No, not at all. I, I mean, I missed on a couple player evaluations this preseason, but AJ Dillon is one that I completely missed on. I thought he was going to have himself a Same. big time season this year. Me too. He has not played well. No. Um, I agree with all that. And I think there's also something that I, and it, it came apparent to me in that London game in really the second half where it just felt like they had no urgency. And the more I watch mm-hmm. this team, the more it feels like there's no, they don't, the play calling doesn't allow Aaron Rodgers or this offense to really get into rhythm. I mean, it's sluggish. It's slow. It's not like you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Let him play on the fly. Let him go. Yes, the the athleticism has gone downhill. Maybe lay off the ayahuasca. Um, and, you know, we have a better time. Um, but it is, it's just, it's just not a very good scheme right now. Like, it doesn't feel like it's even, it just, it feels lazy right now. Almost like they're phoning yeah. it in um, is the way it looks like. Because there's no rhyme or reason to it. And, and it really became apparent in that second half of that London game where they just let the Giants come right back into it because they had no urgency or pace on offense whatsoever. Yeah, and I mean, Rodgers has always kind of been a guy that like when a game goes bad, a lot of times he just has this, like it almost looks like he mentally checks out. Yes, um, and so, yeah, you see a lot of that this season and almost, and you've got to wonder, like he may have been mentally checked out the entire off season. Too. <laughs> Very true. Very <laughs> possible. Um, which I, uh, that take, we're going to be like end of the season and people are still going to be like, well, they didn't start him in preseason. They didn't get the reps in. That's why the offense is still sluggish. Like people are still going at that. It's like, man, we are, we're pretty good into the season now. Like after week four, I don't leave up many excuses, which I'm about to make some excuses for my bucks here in a minute. But <laughs> As I say that, but yeah, I don't think that's it anymore. Um, but yeah, and he's off. Like I agree with that because there are times late in games where he has through his into- the throws he's missing aren't easy throws. But for him in the past, they used to be easy. That he is missing wide, yeah. and it's not just the wide receivers don't have the hands or aren't running the routes. He's just missing his targets. Um, yep. Very interesting uh, up in there in Green Bay. I think things are going to go. I mean, they're already going sour, but things can get real ugly here very quickly. Yes, they can. All right. Bucks Panthers. I want to vomit in my mouth with this Bucks team. Um, line is at 10.5. Over under is at 40. This team is an absolute walking joke. The <laughs> fact that we lost to the Steelers in the fashion we did, I almost, I almost became one of those fans that burned a jersey out in the front lawn. I could not believe what I was seeing with my eyes on that game. There was talk about an offensive scheme that had was just clueless. The Steelers were down so many dudes. I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they came out in their post conference and said they grabbed some dude from a tailgate out in the parking lot to play DB. And yet, what do we do? We run heavy on first down. We get Tom in super predictable passing downs, so they just pressure him like crazy. It was just no aggressiveness in the pass game on on first down. When we're third and long, we're running routes way short of the fucking sticks. Like, last season I was a big Brian Wefflich guy. I gave Bruce Aarons a ton of crap because all the reports of, like, oh, Bruce Aarons would come in and ruin game plans that they'd worked all all week on. I'm now convinced, actually, he saved a lot of game plans and, because this has been 
absolutely absurd. Yes, it is not great when your star quarterback misses a ton of preseason, takes every Wednesday off, goes to a wedding on Friday before a game. Not usually the best. But that doesn't explain just the scheme of it. It has been embarrassing, to say the least. And then defensively, I mean, we're up and down. It's a roller coaster ride. Some of that can be cleaned up. I'm not overly worried. But the offense is an absolute laughing stock right now. Yeah, I, I you're accurate. I mean, they're just not what we're used to seeing over the past two years. It's getting concerning when you're three and three. Luckily, I think it's impossible to go three and four here. Um, but, yeah, but you know, I trusted the Bucks. No, I knew two weeks ago that the Bucks couldn't cover double-digit spread. Last week, I thought this is the Steelers. They can cover a double-digit spread. They could not. So they haven't been able to do it the last two weeks. So I'm not saying they can do it this week, even though the Panthers are the worst out of this, all the teams I think they've played so far this year. I, I just, I can't trust this Bucks team to cover a double digit spread. <laughs> this game is already giving me a headache. Um, <laughs> I am not betting this. This team doesn't deserve any respect at right, right now. Offensively, they need to step it up. And yeah, they're banged up. Um, it'll we need Ryan Jensen back in the worst way ever. Um, like his 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 absence has been well noticed. Um, the interior of that line is poo-poo. Um but yeah, I mean it's it's not great. I don't have a lot of faith in Brian Leftwich at this point. I don't understand his scheme. We're not being very aggressive, you know. It seems like common sense when there are so many guys injured on that Steelers team that you'd be ultra-aggressive in non-traditional passing downs and, and try to take advantage of that secondary. And no, we just continued to be run-heavy, and it's just... I don't know. This team stinks right now. Um, <laughs> I have faith we'll get it somewhat together, but towards this, as the season goes on, because I'm hoping Tom even though his life is crumbling outside of football, is going yeah. is gonna to bury himself in his work. Um, <laughs> who knows? Giselle, please get back together with him. Um, I'm begging you at this point. Um, I will come be a nanny for your children or do whatever you need around the house if you just get back with Tom and restore order. Um, I beg of you at this point. But I'm not betting this game. This game yeah. is, is I will not be either. No. Yeah. All right, Texans Raiders. Oh man, another fun one. Um, lines at seven, over under forty five and a half. I do love football, folks. I'm addicted to it. I'm gonna watch every one of these games. But my God, I just there's not a lot of just like man. I'm really excited for this game. Um, I, I don't have much on this outside of. I have one. You know, we don't. We're not gonna know the answer to this. I would love to know how many games between a one three and one team and a one and four team have a seven point spread. It's got to be pretty rare. <laughs> Good question. I, I don't have the stat on that one, but that is a very good point. I, yeah, I would agree. Very rare. It's got to be pretty rare. Um, I I think, you know, the Raiders are, you know, an angry team. I think they're like, how are we one and four right now? What's going on? So, I mean, I guess I'd lean towards them just to win uh, by a lot out of anger, but I also get nervous because they are one and four and seven points. That's a big spread. The NFL is the absolute craziest league in the planet. Like, and we're going to talk about the Broncos here in a second, but nothing makes sense. Like, te- I mean, some teams that are good right now makes perfect sense, but like the vast majority week to week in the NFL, there are just some heads sc- like the Raiders being this bad. I I don't understand it. They have enough talent to be a competent team. Yeah. Um. Now I did bet they're under total wins this season, which I am happy about, but like they should be much more competent. And it is 
Like, is Josh McDaniels just that? I mean, he was terrible with the Broncos when he got his head coaching yeah. job, but like, that's all I can come up with is like, he's just a really bad coach at getting his team prepared for games. Some coaches, I think, were made to just be like coordinators. Yeah, just they weren't made to be head coach, no matter how good they are at coordinator, being a coordinator. Like Jay Gruden, example, not a head coach. Great, great example. coordinator. Damn, damn right. That was a great example. Um, maybe that is why Bill Belichick hired the brain trust of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, because he just knew that <laughs> give, give it about half a season and Josh McDaniels will be right back in the Patriots <laughs> polo on the sideline. Very possible. Um, Jets Broncos over under 38 and a half. Russell Wilson, that dude. <laughs> The commercials are one thing. Did you see that video at halftime with him cheering on his team in the locker room? And they all just look like, get the fuck out of my face, dude. Do we, like, does he need a welfare check? Like, is he okay? Do you know what's going on? He is out there, man. I don't know. He is bizarre. Um, In terms of this game, I'm not betting on a money line. Jets, are you kidding me? He's he's on pace for 14 touchdowns. this I, I, Carson Wentz has had a horrible season and he has 10. <laughs> he already has 10. He already has 10 touchdowns and, Car- and Russell Wilson's on pace for 14. <laughs> it doesn't help that Nathaniel Hackett is a hack of a head coach because like we saw with Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon was competing for first team reps. Injury happens. They sign Murray and now Murray's the starter all of a sudden and Melvin Gordon's getting like no carries whatsoever. Like what the Melvin hell's going Gordon, on? He's on this. He's on the sideline confused out of his mind he was was splitting the snaps (laughs) (laughs) then you see russell out there just missing wide open dudes left and right and the the full press that tweet i don't know if you saw the ian i should have had it pulled up ian rapaport had a tweet about his injury and it was like oh this is the most agent tweet of agent tweets i've ever seen like just straight from the words um it was incredible i'm gonna have to look it up but yeah the injury is not what's I mean, it's certainly hurting Russell, but Russell is just like missing dudes left and right. Um, and every week, there the game is fast. Like, the, the, there's no doubt about that. Um, but like, it, it's just not. It's not working, <laughs> like at all. It, it, it's just all the extra stuff. I I almost feel for the Denver fans. Like, I would be just. I would be throwing up in my mouth. I I, I would be just. I couldn't. I would I would just lose my mind, I think. I'd be so angry at him. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing, too, is, like, we were talking about, like, this team under Vic Vangio, we were essentially like, man, if they could just get a quarterback, this team is Super Bowl contenders. Like, they're up there. The defense a, is still good. Yeah, defense <laughs> is phenomenal. Patrick Sertan, I mean, I can't so give that. That dude is amazing. <laughs> like, I've, never seen a, I've never seen a corner be so good, yet so not cocky in my entire life. It's incredible. He's, like the, he's the quietest, best corner in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is like this is of course like they had champ bailey another guy that was just locked down and you just got the reincarnation essentially at this point because patrick yeah. Chatan is a monster um yeah he's a beast yeah i'm with you the jets are fun too because like they're just a young talented team we'll see zach wilson his maturation neither one of us has been super high on him we'll see how he progresses. Yeah. but the talent of the team is just young the future you have to be excited for um it feels like the jets are fully moving in the right direction obviously the win loss column represents that for them um but this is a fun team to watch and a team that just top to bottom has oozes young talent that will hopefully continue to develop in the in the manner they are all right Seahawks Chargers lines at five over under 50 and a half. 
Dustin Hopkins, that man just every time looking like his leg had just like blown off every time he kicked a field goal on, on Sunday night there. Or Monday night? Was that the Monday night game? God, this week's been long. I don't even remember. Monday night. <laughs> Monday night. Monday night. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't even get a first down in overtime. <laughs> had to have a muff punt situation to get a score in that overtime game. God, that was brutal. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do we make of this game? This this Chargers team is also a complexing team. The fact that yeah. J.C. Jackson had to be sidelined in that game, too, is not a good side, to say the least. How do you make this game? Where are you on this one here? Well, the first thing I want to bring up J.C. Jackson is kind of interesting is, you know, I am, um, you know, a fan of a team that has really been burned a lot on signing corners to big contracts that are not brought up by the team themselves. Josh Norman, we're now dealing with William Jackson, who we took from Cincinnati. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so I am my personally myself, I am completely out on giving big money to corners that are not on the team. I, I think the difference between a big money corner, with the exception of with few exceptions, but the difference between a big money corner and a third round corner that you draft as a rookie, it's not $72 million. It's just, it isn't. So I'm out on that in my myself. Um, unfortunately, my team doesn't listen to me. But, <laughs> but yeah, this game, yeah, I don't know what make them make of the Chargers. They, I know they were playing against a really tough defense last against in Denver. Um, but God, they just, it's like they need to get Keenan Allen back. That that'll be huge for them. Um, right now, it's it's they're they're learning that it needs to be the Eckler show, which I think is a good idea. He is a beast. So I would say you know just keep going with Eckler. Um, and then you got the Seahawks, who I would have never thought this team would be three and three through six games. I can't believe it. Um, so they play well, and I, sometimes they give up a lot of points. Sometimes they give up like no points. But um, I, I don't know. This is a tough game. I hate five. I'd probably go over because I do think this will be one of those shootout type of games, and I'd probably take the Chargers just because I, you know, they are the better team. They're so much more talented, but they just, they just, they're underwhelming. They are so underwhelming. And of course, the injuries are not helping whatsoever. Right. Uh, yeah. But to the corner point, uh, I was high in the signing just simply because it added another element to that secondary. And I thought it was going to work out well, but you are 100% correct. I think it would be a service to every GM in the league that the corner position, especially, there needs to be heavy questioning as to why is the team that he is currently on not re-signing him because like that's always an evaluation but especially at the corner position because it is a position that goes like that when it's yeah. done it's done because it relies on such heavy athleticism to play that position um second hardest position in all of sports in my opinion only behind quarterback yeah. um and so that is i mean at the end of the day that like if, especially if bill belichick's letting him out the door now granted he's a man that famously doesn't like to pay for players. So maybe you evaluate it a little less, but anytime some franchise is letting up a marquee secondary guy, you got to think long and hard about why are they letting him walk out the door? Cause they know him best. What's going exactly. on there. Um, yep. I'm with you though. Keenan Allen needs to come back. Not a good look that his hamstrings taking longer than Brian Robinson, who survived gunshot wounds um, took to get back on the field. So that's an interesting one. It has taken a while. It's like the past two or three weeks. You know, I'm a, obviously I'm a fancy owner of Keenan Allen. I'm getting fed up here. <laughs> but like the past two or three weeks, it sounded like, yeah, he's going to give it a go. He's going to give it a go. And then he never gives it a go. And so you're wondering, is he going to give it a go here? You want to think yes, but they do have a bye next week. They might be like, hmm, let's go ahead and keep him out again. Um, 
So, yeah, we'll see there. I would not be surprised if Keenan Allen takes himself out of this game with the bye next week and then comes back after that. Um, I'm with you. I'm not betting this game, but if I were, I think I'd lean Seahawks probably just because the offensive firepower has been there this season. They're not missing a beat when they have Kenneth Walker back there at, um, at running back. He's a powerhouse back back there as well. Picking up right where he left off in college, Geno Smith's having a career year for himself. Um, odd comparison. I saw somebody comparing CJ Stroud in Ohio State to Geno Smith. I was like, huh, I don't feel like that's the best comparison um, to, not. to make. But that was, I saw that on Twitter from an NFL analyst. Uh, it was an odd one to say the least. Question my following of that person after that, that <laughs> moment. Um, but yeah, I think I would lean Seahawks. All right. Arguably the best game of the week, I think. Unfortunately, injuries play a big part in this one. The injury reserve report is going to be a massive one to look at for this game for both teams here. The line is at 2.5, 49ers Chiefs. 49ers are the underdog here, over under 48.5. I gave him a big speech about why I think the 49ers are an underdog powerhouse team to make a run at it here, but I just, with the injuries... I don't know if this matchup favors them great, but the Chiefs have also shown a lot of cracks, especially on the off or defensive side of the ball in that secondary. How are you making this game? What are the things you're looking at, and how do you feel about the number? Yeah, I mean, you said it. Like, you think the Niners are probably a dark horse team, and I, I agree with that, but we also said the Chiefs are one of the three guaranteed teams. So <laughs> yep. I lean towards the Chiefs here, although I, I, I don't do it with a lot of confidence. The, the Chiefs, they're, they're to me, they're like kind of, in ways a much a, a better version of the Ravens. It's still it's always chaotic with them, <laughs> but they always seem yeah. to pull it off. Uh, they seem to pull it off much more than the Ravens do, obviously. Um, but I, they really are. Every once in a while, they're missing that Tyreek Hill. They they don't have, you know, Valdez Scantling has shown he can stretch the field, but he hasn't really done it there yet. Um, I'm spacing on someone else on the team. Oh, Michael Harbin, he's. You know, we know he has the electric speed and all that, but they're just not stretching the field like they were able to with Hill. So that does concern me a lot with this team, but I'm still probably going to take them. I think they can win by a field goal. Yeah, I think the the 49ers offense versus that Chiefs defense is a matchup that's very interesting to me here and a potential to help hit this over because we know the 49ers are struggling defensively with injuries. Demarco Ryan's their defense coordinator, though, did play under Andy Reid. He understands the system. I think he gives this 49ers chance schematically a very good chance to kind of mask those injuries. I don't think is going to play this week. But when we flip to the other side of the ball, they might get Trent Williams back, who is an all-time guy. I mean, one of the best left tackles we have seen in our lifetimes. Tough as nail type of dude. They might get him back. That would be a huge gain. But the area that I'm concerned about if you're a Chiefs backer and we'll see, is right now in the season, they are fifth in most missed tackles in the NFL. They are playing a team that lives or dies off yak and the ability to get their playmakers out into space. And I do have concerns because the Chiefs, just like this, this is why that injury report is so important to watch before you bet this game, because the Chiefs secondary is massively banged up. And if they they might get a couple guys, it's looking like they might get a couple of those guys back, which would be great because that is going to be a a help in in keeping that yak under control, especially if you start to see Debo Samuels lined up. I have a feeling um, Kyle Shanahan's going to use him very uniquely. The the Chiefs have given up a lot of yards to guys coming out of the backfield. You might see him lined up uniquely on the field. It's going to be very interesting. So that's an area where I, I am looking at. And then also... 
The Chiefs' rush defense is also very concerning. They seem to be getting pushed around in the trenches right now. This will be a good matchup. So this is a good measuring stick going further into the season of what these two teams can be when you play a, a, a team that is stylistically kind of your kryptonite both ways. Um, but injury report's a big one in this one. Yep, I agree. All right, Pittsburgh-Miami, lines at 7, over under 44.5. We're not sure what Kenny Pickett, availability is going to be some rumors that he's going to be able to go which is contradictory to all the new policies we've seen especially given Miami and their spot on primetime I have a feeling the league is probably going to step in and say he can't play we will see Uh, but the line is at seven over under 44 and a half this is in Miami it's an 8 30 p.m game it's night game on Sunday how are we feeling about this line in this game specifically I hate this game I really do I don't know why but I, I just hate it um you know, the Steelers came out and showed they, you know, they can play against the Bucs, apparently. But then, you know, two weeks ago, they scored three points against the Bills. <laughs> it's, I, I hate this. I hate this game. And I agree. I do think that the league will probably step in. Uh, just just the situation, primetime game. Like, I, we've already seen it in Miami. So, like, uh, so for I guess it might have been in Cincy. It was in Cincy, yeah. Okay. Miami was um, the prime time, yeah. We yeah, saw it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just, you know, I don't think they want that to happen again. It's a prime time game, so like I, I feel like I have to bet on it because like I can't not bet on these prime time games even when they're terrible. Um, but I'd probably go Dolphins just because they're so much better. And really, you know, if they didn't, you know, Waddle didn't have that crippling fumble last week, they might have been able to beat Minnesota. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'd go with Miami here. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Miami in this one. Mike McDonald's is going to come out with a much better game plan than what Brian Leftwich and Tom Brady presented. They're going to be aggressive against that secondary. This is a very efficient passing offense right now with either Tua or Teddy Bridgewater. They've shown that they can still be effective with whatever quarterback they have back there. The run scheme is much better. Um, it's just a much more efficient, effective offense that is going to be ta- be able to take advantage of a very, very banged up Steelers defense and then you flip the side of the ball I don't know if Mitch Trubisky has enough in him if Kenny Pickett doesn't go I mean either guy really Miami's defense hasn't been the greatest but that offense the Steelers offense yes they played great against the Bucks, still blows my mind but (laughs) I, I agree I think Miami's the spot here yeah Monday night last game on the schedule Bears Pats Oh my God! Prime time has not been our friends. Another big one. Seven and a half is the spread. Over under thirty nine and a half. We may have ourselves a little bit of a quarterback uh, controversy here in New England with the way Zappy's been playing. How do you feel about this game? And can Zappy continue to push Mac Jones for basically a? I'm not going to say, well, Tom Brady, Drew Brees kind of comparison definitely comes to mind. One guy usurping the other due to injuries now. I don't have any expectations that Zappy's going to become the next Tom Brady, but controversy is brewing in Pat's land. How do we feel about this game and, and the overall brewing situation? Yeah, I mean, it is like fun to like talk about the similarities. The one the big thing I will say is Drew Blood's a far greater career than Max Jones. <laughs> yes. Um, the names don't exactly pair up here, yeah, but yeah. The, the circumstance is a little bit. Backup usurping yeah. a starter due to injury. Yeah, like Brady was like replacing the goal really good quarterback Um, (laughs) but but yeah this game and you know talking about the bears here we all well i don't know how many actually stuck with that game on thursday but i stuck with the thursday game so i saw that bears team and i won you know justin fields 
is not a good quarterback right now, but I feel bad for him because he's not being set up to be a good quarterback right now at all. I don't think he had one scripted run play against Washington the entire game. I, I can I can't believe that. They're just dropping him back in the pocket and making him be a pocket passer. Um, so I, I don't see that changing. And I don't really think things are going to go much better for him away in New England on Monday night. So while I do think seven and a half is kind of big, um, I do think the Patriots, who have shown that they can score recently, will probably cover it. That, that they might cover that pretty easily, actually. <laughs> Yeah, this is a really bad situation right now. And it's, it's I think, twofold. One, the scheme and the team are doing nothing to help Justin Fields. Yeah. They yeah. aren't scheming well. They're not moving him outside the pocket. They're not designing runs for him, which is his best attribute. We've seen, especially in the NFL, that new uh-huh. wave. So it's sort of head-scratching that, like, with all these examples of offenses and mobile quarterbacks that you're not utilizing your quarterback's best attributes. Um, but also it's on him, too. He has not played well. He's missed some really good sort of easy throws that he should be making at the NFL level. We saw it in the Thursday night game with the tight end out to the the flat there. Um, he's right now got the highest mark of uncatchable balls thrown, um, according to PFF, which is not great. Um, so the idea that you're going to keep him being a pocket passer when he's clearly struggling is rough. This is also a defense that is letting up the ninth most yards per attempt on the ground. We know that the Patriots are going to look to run the ball to develop the passing game. Zach P has been very impressive. He's stayed within the system. He hasn't been afraid to push the ball when needed to in big moments. And more importantly, we know what Bill Belichick does when he has a little bit of a longer week, which they did have a little bit longer week to prepare for a struggling offense in Foxborough. I am with you here. It's a big number to cover, but I just I don't think the Bears have any gas in the tank to cover this one. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I really just can't see it. <laughs> It's not a good formula. All righty. That does it for this week. Anything before we wrap this up? Uh, no, I, I think this is kind of a hard board. I think just something that I really do feel confident though would be like Giants, Cowboys, even though that's kind of a big spread. And I kind of like the Falcons, but it's a tough board, I think. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm taking all those games. I'll add some games to the card. So make sure you're following at Trophy Kids Podcast. We also have a new segment we're doing on social media that is 3-0 in the last two weeks. So make sure you are following at Trophy Kids Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. And that'll do it for us this week. Peace.